2: This is the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin.
1: Hey, everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the September 28th edition of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. Derek Van Riper and I are going to catch you up on the last minute news and notes, getting you ready for the weekend injury reports, uh, some possible. Plug-in plays if you need them, things like that. Derek's been talking a lot today, radio, podcast, things like that. Derek, I thought we'd change things up for you. Maybe we could talk about uh, Judge Kavanaugh's nomination for a half hour or so. I think the listeners would like that.
2: I I think maybe half the listeners would like what we say, no matter what we say, and the other half would hate it, and I think that'd be a a great way to dump half the audience. So we're going to pass on that. Tremendous. It would be passionate both ways, I would say that. Yeah, so. no, I mean, if you're trying to stir up emotion, like it, a lot of times on, on SiriusXM, uh, especially on Mondays, the, the content on the channel is really about getting reactions out of people. And I, I, I've, today I was supposed to get reactions out of people from last night because the, thurs, the Thursday night game was so good. And I thought, how could I get like more reaction than ever? And the Kavanaugh nomination was one of those things that popped in my head. I'm like, oh, if I bring this up and take a stance on it, people are going to freak out. Yeah. And it, it, we'd get the interaction that everybody wants but in terms of volume but just not in terms of substance so no yeah we're gonna pass on that here as well all right if you say so
1: uh speaking of the Thursday night game I had a uh, Jared Goff ranked 13th at quarterback this week I think I might have missed a little bit on
2: that you know what you're probably not alone uh first 400 <laughs> yard passer for the Rams since Mark Bulger highest uh total for passing yards in a Thursday night game ever because those games are usually terrible and uh, lower scoring and all that but I think the thing that impressed me the most was the types of throws he was making. I mean, Sean McVay, as we know, is an elite tactician offensively. I think there's been an era of skepticism about Goff going back to last season, too. And and maybe he's turned a corner. Maybe he's taken a step forward. Maybe there's a little more confidence in throwing the ball downfield. It certainly looked that way last night. I thought the Vikings' defense was supposed to be good, John. Like I, I thought... The Vikings defense is the kind of defense that might be able to hold and lead offense to, I don't know, 24 points. But nope, uh, not at all. And, and they've had trouble in other matchups. I mean, they they played pretty well against San Francisco in Week 1. I know people are saying that the Niners left some points on the board in that matchup. Uh, Packers moved the ball against them pretty well uh, in Week 2. And, of course, the Bills stunned them in Week 3. So maybe we have to just kind of adjust the expectation downward a little bit for the Vikings offense. But I think more likely than not... What happened last night is the function of just how good the Rams really are. Okay,
1: so I I
2: agree with you. And I can can we – I was looking – I just
1: looked real quick this morning, and I couldn't find it on what odds I can get on the Rams going undefeated
2: because I want in if I can get decent. Would you like me to give you odds on the Rams going undefeated? Yeah, what are you going to give me? What what, what odds do you want? What would you feel comfortable with? I mean, undefeated, I don't know. Set your own odds. What what would you feel good about? 75 to 1. 75 to 1?
1: Yeah. And that's just off the top of my head. I've done no math or
2: research to support that number. Seventy-five to one. See, as, as somebody who would consider taking that bet from you, I, I I don't I don't I don't think it's impossible enough or unlikely enough to take ten twenty dollars whatever you want to put on it at the risk of having to give you you know seven fifty back or more.
1: Right. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna that, find those odds, and like that'd you know be what a they
2: terrible are. conversation to have with my wife. like <laughs> she sees like PayPal deduction minus two thousand. she'd be like, "What was that? And like, uh, no, I lost a bet to john i i I gave him seventy five to one that the Rams wouldn't go undefeated, and he put twenty five bucks on it, so I had to make good on that she, she would kill me for that. like there's a lot of things I could do for two thousand dollars that would bring a lot of questions. From from Steph, but th- that that might be the grounds for her to start filing some paperwork. Yeah, I think you're probably
1: right. I, I don't think you need to take that bet. Just steer me in the place where I can make it. I'm I'm going to yeah. look for it this weekend because I'm intrigued. Now, I think they're just awesome, even though they only won by touchdown. Uh, they're well, awesome.
2: Let's twist this a different way, real quick, because it's it's Friday and and this is more of a general focus on everything kind of conversation. Anyway, usually this is around the time where Liz has the. Four versus the field bet where you, you get your choice. You can either have any four teams that you want, or you can have the all the teams that are remaining after I choose my four and you try to get the Super Bowl winner in your group. Would you rather have your choice of four teams, or would you rather have the other twenty-eight teams that somebody else or that I would not pick in that scenario? I would take
1: and this is a 50
2: bet it's just even money yeah if we were going to put just 20 bucks on this and i say you can have your choice like if i if i feel like it's i don't care which side i'm on and i gave you the choice of your four teams that you want or giving me the four teams that i want which would you do i'd take the four you take the four okay which four teams would you want rams one of them for sure rams
1: vikings eagles chiefs
2: so you'd load up on 3 from that side and then one and basically you
1: know, yeah. basically I'm shorting the Patriots.
2: Yeah, do you, you 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 give me the Patriots. I mean, of the teams you didn't take, the most realistic Super Bowl contenders are probably the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Packers. Jags? Right? Jags yeah, Jags are part of that and then maybe maybe if you think like Atlanta can just outscore teams i think they're a notch below the teams you picked so i don't think they quite fit into that conversation the saints to me are kind of the same flawed team as the falcons in some ways yeah i mean i think it's pretty fair though right i think it's fair i like that i I like that game a, a lot a lot can go wrong and and a lot can can change with a team over the course of the year like we're we're very much glued to what's happened in three or four weeks right now and and maybe forgetting some things that we thought were important a month ago and of course injuries and different things will shake things up as well but um it's interesting I'm surprised I'm I'm a little surprised the Vikings made your four I'm kind of surprised you didn't take the Patriots instead
1: I, I I still think the Vikings are a good team I think they're dangerous and I know their defense is not
2: playing well but I still like them I think their defense, even if it's only like a league average defense, that is good enough with yep. that offense. absolutely like that's that's why that's why they're in your group,
1: and their defense wasn't if I remember right, statistically, they weren't as great as we thought last year,
2: right. right. Like some of some of the like they were the best defense in the league as far as like fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks, some things like that. Like I think they were a good defense that also had some things go their way. yeah, and that made them look like the best defense. So, Maybe based on some of those things, we we overcorrected this year with expectations, or at least I did, and now it's like okay, you know, they're a tough defense, but they're not a defense that you're you're sitting top end talent against the way some people might have thought a few weeks ago. Right.
1: Okay. One thing about Goff that I want to add, uh, I know in the fantasy world was not very high on Goff. Just uh, one of the reasons I was I wasn't happy. Yeah, I, I wasn't fired up about him this year. Let's put it that way, is the volume. And last year, the volume's up. Last year, he threw 477 passes. This year, he is on track. 477, which was 18th in the league. This year, his, at his current pace, he's at 536, which last year would have tied him for ninth. So the volume's up, and he's pretty
2: obviously... Better right now, and the West. So here's are- the here's the other question though. Like, if you look at that game log, Oakland has been pretty bad uh, against the pass against everybody. Yep. Arizona is a horrible team, and you know they shredded the Chargers too. Are the Chargers not as good as we thought? I think that's also one of those questions. I, 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 the Rams are great. I'm not trying to downplay what the mm-hmm. Rams are doing. I'm trying to figure out how soft this schedule has been for the first four weeks for an already excellent team. I don't think it's compared to the rest of the season. I don't think it's that soft.
1: I think yeah, there's really
2: not a lot of trouble spots here. They're at Seattle next week, which is not the same as what it has been for the better part of the last decade. Right at Denver's not as scary as it used to be at San Francisco. Nothing to worry about there. The Packers. Oh my God. They're going to put 40 on the Packers. Like that's, I'm already I'm already bracing myself for that. They get, the, they get the Saints the week after that. They might score fifty in that game. Yeah. That's indoors. Uh, and then they get two at home. Seahawks again. Chiefs. Chiefs. Oh, There's a week. The week eleven Rams Chiefs game. You you want the week where I'm gonna have the crockpot of chili? Like the week where I go buy a meat smoker and then get in trouble for buying a meat smoker. That's a Mexico City it, game, by the way. I think it's Monday night. Oh oh no yeah oh well, at least i have all of sunday to prepare all the food for that game that that might be the only monday night football party i've ever held in my life week 11 of this season
1: yeah, that's gonna be weird. i think i talked to tim about there earlier this week about what the over under would be
2: 62 because it's in mexico city which yeah it's, it's like playing football in denver but you know, with, with bad defenses. So it's going to be like a 60 over under Yeah, uh, 60. I mean, 60, everything, every chief's game now is in the high fifties, right? That's uh, so, going to be like
1: 62
2: or 63. Uh, that's awesome stuff.
1: All right, let's get back to fantasy football, I guess. Um, I, I still want to play that game with the four. I want, I want to work on that. F- I have that bet with a few people and see what, see what they say. I'm going to bring it, uh, bring it up and steal it from lists. I'll credit him of course, but, um, <laughs> He may have stole it from somebody else. He He might not deserve credit. Right? Probably. Um, All right. Check us out on Twitter. Derek's at Derek Van Riper. I'm at Jay Halpin 37. You can also get us at Rotowire. Get the player updates at Rotowire NFL and find us on Facebook. Um, Week four, Panthers, Redskins are on buys. Injuries, Devontae Freeman. All right. Here are the players who are out. Consequential players. Devontae Freeman, Joe Mixon, uh, Jack Doyle, which means more Ebron. Anthony Miller, if you're in a really deep league players who were likely to play Jay Ajayi with a fractured bone in his back. He's going to play. Is it the same one that Cam Newton and Tony Romo played with?
2: Well, that's what a transverse process fracture. I, I believe think so. Yeah.
1: That they said it was a pain tolerance thing. And those guys played cam cam did that when cam flipped the truck over. That's what <laughs>
2: happened. yeah, when, when he got in that accident. Yeah. That's a yeah. horrible intersection, by the way, Ugh, man, it- bad we, we we it's 2018 we shouldn't have bad intersections anymore we should know enough about how cars and roads work to have fixed that but that that's another topic that'll get people to just tune out um here's the thing the eagles last week they moved it pretty well on the ground with wendell smallwood i know Corey clements banged up i don't really trust the jai to get a full workload so maybe they're going to take it easy with him they just need him available I think he's a little bit of a, a scary play, even in season long this week, because it could just be he's active because they trust him more than uh, it was. Josh Adams is the other option they have. they got off the practice squad a couple weeks ago. So I, I'm a, I'm a little worried about Ajayi because of the way they use running backs, which I was not going into the season. I thought his role was pretty clear, but I think with this injury, they might actually start to back off him a little bit. That's not me walking back something based on what they're doing. It's more of just me acknowledging that this is an injury that they don't have to push him through if they don't need him. Right, they don't. And Clement was shaking
1: practice this week. Sounds like he's going to play, right? And like you said, and uh, and uh, Sproles is out, Smallwood's in, Ajay's there. So still big jumbled mess, especially with Ajay. I think you. Want, I, I want to. I want to avoid Ajayi. if I if I own him in fantasy. i I'm, I'm staying
2: away. Yeah, if you can help it, don't play him just because the volume is probably a little bit lighter than usual for uh, yep. for JGI. All right. Uh, Doug Baldwin sounds
1: like he's back for the Seahawks. That's another one that makes me go, mm, you know, not this. And it's bad because I drafted him in the third round in a couple of spots early, but I still don't want to play him this week.
2: In a weird way, it makes me more excited about Tyler Lockett this week because I wonder if Baldwin would catch a little bit of Patrick Peterson, and that means yep. fewer matchups against Peterson for Lockett.
1: Fair enough. I agree with that. Um, and Julio, who was questionable a little bit in practice, uh, limited during the week, looks like he's going to play. Now, guys who are we're not sure about. Sounds like Leonard Fournette is trending toward a game-time decision again. LaShawn McCoy, we don't know, right? Interrupt, Basically, yeah, interrupt or correct me on anything I'm wrong about because, I, as we say every week, the word questionable is just – This stinks. Marlon Maxim, maybe Josh Gordon. Belichick's not giving us anything on Josh Gordon again. He said, we'll see today.
2: Thanks, dude. Yeah,
1: you're a big help as always, Bill. That's just freaking fantastic.
2: Um, Would you start him? If he's active, would you play him? If he's active, maybe as a wide receiver three. Um, DFS, this isn't my week for him. You know, If he's active, I'm I'm more interested in Chris Hogan for DFS purposes this week than I am in Josh Gordon if Gordon does get the green light.
1: Okay, the last one. What's the latest uh, from your neck of the woods on Randall Cobb?
2: McCarthy earlier in the day said in some kind of rambling way that it was kind of unfortunate what happened to him this week or something. So it must have been a practice sort of injury. Didn't practice at all today. I wouldn't be surprised if they just gave him a week off and, and said, you know what, we're going to go with a heavy Jimmy Graham dose this week. You know, Devontae getting... Good matchups on the outside, should be able to get some separation. We've seen Rodgers hit Geronimo Allison for a few big plays, so I think they can make it work without Randall Cobb anyway. That's what the Vikings and, said last week about Dalvin Cook. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I, you know what? I think, I think the Vikings were, were kind of schedule watching. They were, I think they were caught looking ahead to the Rams.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, I agree.
2: Saving them for that game when they barely used them. Yeah, I, I thought I, that's kind of what I thought was, was the case, and and as we said, Dalvin Cooks had some hamstring problems going back to his time in college. So Cobb looks like a legitimate sort of game time decision. You know, Rogers still questionable, not a big surprise. Um, you know, no Anthony Miller, which I, I don't know if you mentioned that before, but he he hasn't had the role ex- as expected. But Taylor Gabriel's playing a lot of snaps. Like Scott and I talked about on the DFS episode. It's weird how much more Taylor Gabriel has been playing already. And now with Miller Hurt, I think that makes Taylor Gabriel kind of an interesting, you know, Hail Mary on the waiver wire. Like if you were going to lean on Randall Cobb as a third receiver and you don't really like your depth options this week because of the way that Bears Bucks game sets up, Taylor Gabriel might end up being the kind of waiver wire streaming receiver that you could get for free right now who actually ends up putting it up a pretty big game against the Bucks.
1: my goodness Taylor Gabriel all right um could happen for sure uh Golden Tate was a a late addition to the injury report it was limited on Friday it doesn't sound like much to worry about you probably want to keep an eye on him though one other thing a, a guy I just mentioned I want to go back to Dalvin Cook uh, and I saw some Twitter chatter about this today I've been Mike Clay talking about it with someone is Dalvin Cook a buy low right now is he a good buy low
2: he should be because I think he's talented enough to run pretty well behind even a below-average offensive line. I think their passing game is good enough where there's no way teams are loading up the box against him. Uh, I, I think people are very disappointed coming off that game last night. Always a good time to float an offer out there. I don't know how many Delvin Cook owners have really lost the faith though. Really, you know, I, I you see. I, that, think yeah, but I mean, it, that's
1: the key right there.
2: Right. Like if, if, you, if you if you if you know you have an owner in your league who is you know kind of weak like that, then be ready to take advantage of it. I think you might find a few more Derrick Henry owners who are ready to, to part with him for for less than what they paid, and that's probably a, a truer buy low in more places by comparison, but I wouldn't have any problem trading for Delvin Cook right now. I, I, I like the Minnesota offense quite a bit, so to get a piece of that, it's going to be a lot easier to make a deal, I think, for Cook right now than it is to find someone willing to trade away Diggs or Adam Thielen. Dalvin Cook, ninety-eight yards rushing in three games. Yeah, I mean uh, that—that's that is a concern. Two yards carry last night. He was pretty much the only like key player that didn't do something kind of amazing in last night's yep. game.
1: There, there is a there is a low story to tell to Dalvin Cook's owner, is what I would say. I th- I think you might at four weeks you might run into a frustrated person who saw him play last night and kind of went, okay, I mean four weeks, how much longer can I wait? I've had it, and. Hey, do you want to give me, I mean, I wonder what you could give up for him. Okay, that's that's always the trick. That's always the context. And say, saying it, you know what, we're going we're gonna to dig into this real quick because saying that without context is not fair. Just saying, oh, try to float a guy for him and not say who. Would you trade, do you think you could get
2: Will Fuller for Dalvin Cook? Would you do that if you had Will Fuller? If I had Will Fuller, got enough of a discount on Fuller where I might have enough other receivers I like. I think it's a nice fair trade. I would do that if I needed a running back and I felt good about my re- my receiver depth behind Will Fuller. I think that's a pretty fair trade because if we were redrafting today or after Week Four for the rest of this season, Cook might slide out of the first round. Fuller might inch his way up towards the back of the second round, mm-hmm. early third, and you could you could look at those two guys and say overall value pretty similar there. I mean, Dalvin Cook had 22 touches in Week One, a lot of a lot of passing down work, which was really encouraging to see. 13 touches against the Packers for 90 yards. Uh, He's been very good when they've thrown in the ball. So maybe that's going to be part of the game plan again in the next few weeks. And I just think they're going to score so much that he gets a good mix of volume, has a passing down role, and plays on an offense that's probably like a top 8, top 10 offense. So TDs are going to be there. Like the reasons he's let us down so far include a hamstring injury also, I think Dalvin Cook gets stronger as the season goes along.
1: All right, I mean, you you couldn't get him for you know, hey, isn't Calvin Ridley awesome? You couldn't pull that yeah, off. Yeah, you don't need a full like that. Yeah, yep. no. What about what about Brandon Cooks? Do you think you could get? Do you, Do you think that is a worthwhile ask of Dalvin Cook's owner, or do you get laughed out of the room?
2: I don't think you get laughed out of the room. I mean, you got you got maybe the number one receiver in the league's best or second best overall offense like Mm -hmm. Chiefs Rams Rams Chiefs you can argue till you're you're blue uh, about which of those offenses is better but the bottom line is you want pieces in those offenses Cooks had Cooks has had at least eight targets in every game so far I love that consistency he's got seven catches already that have gone for 20 plus yards like he had some last night too that aren't in his game log yet so we're seeing big plays we're seeing steady volume He's been a little bit unlucky in terms of TD output based on everything else he's doing. So I don't think that's much of a stretch either. I think people would be pushing Brandon Cooks up kind of where they're pushing up Will Fuller, if not a little higher. I mean, this time last year, Cooks had been taken in the first round of a lot of leagues because he was with the Patriots. I thought he was like an Antonio Brown possibility for them with extra volume. Now it looks like the Rams are kind of going more down that path than the Patriots did.
1: Yep. Okay. Uh, that's so that that's that's the neighborhood of what you might be able to give up for Dalvin Cook right now, and what we both probably would in both cases.
2: Yeah, I mean so. that's a fair trade. Like it's tra- trading for high end running backs is tough. Like you're going to give up something really good to get it done. Right. And I just don't think that most Dalvin Cook owners out there are looking at him and saying he's a totally different player. Good news is gets a little extra time to get ready for Week Five as well, a few extra days to to get the hamstring right. That they played him on the short week, to me, is a sign that they thought he was at or near 100% again.
1: All right. Streaming defenses, who do you like? The Packers, you've missed the boat on the Packers, folks, if you wanted to stream them against the Vikings because they're in the 60s in ownership percentage on Yahoo anyway. So uh, forget that. If you want to plug in someone now for the weekend, who's it going to be?
2: If you really don't believe in Deshaun Watson and the Texans' offense, the Colts – are playing pretty well defensively. I, I think that's kind of the the underrated defense right now or potentially underrated defense. They're they like the Dolphins where I'm, I'm watching them and I'm saying, I still don't know for sure what they are, but they're probably better than I thought. Yep. And how much better are they? Um, you know, I think you can get you can get some pressure. You get a guy in Watson that's trying to make big plays. You can get some sacks against him. He could make some mistakes. Colts are at home. So I think if you're looking for that that next streaming defense, you didn't pounce on one already. The Colts to be one that might be available a lot of places that could actually surprise you this week.
1: Okay, I like that one. That's an interesting one. And that's an off-the-beaten path. They're 4% owned on Yahoo right now. Uh, the other ones, Saints are a little on the high side. They're 33% owned at the Giants. I think there's that could be a shootout. There's also potential for you know, sacks and interceptions and things like that for Eli. What about the Raiders at home against Baker?
2: Raiders at home against Baker... No, they they have they have three sacks in three games. Yep. Uh, I, I should laugh at them again, but I made that joke yesterday, so I'm not going to do it again today. Three sacks in three games, though. I, I think Baker Baker is the kind of rookie where you don't really think he's going to get rattled going on the road for this start. Like I just, I don't think that. I think you maybe are a little more cautious with him. I think he's going to go in there and kind of torch him. So Oof, okay. I'm not playing. I'm not playing the Raiders defense. Okay, if you want teams high in sacks, by the way. The
1: Cowboys and Lions playing each other are both very widely available, and they are among the top six teams in sacks. They are among six teams that are double digits in sacks. Cowboys have 11, Lions have 10. Hmm.
2: So something to think about um, because that's where it all starts, right? So. Well, so I think in that case, Cowboys are at home. Mm-hmm. I like their pass rush more than the Lions pass rush, and I like that the Lions throw the ball more than the Cowboys. So – you're just trying to look for extra opportunities to even get sacks. I mean, I think that's that's kind of the the differentiation point for me is just that the Lions as an offense want to throw it more than the Cowboys want to throw it. So that cool. helps Dallas' front get more sacks.
1: Did you see the – you should find the radio interview from, I think, today where Jerry Jones said he doesn't see why the Cowboys can't produce as much offense as the Rams. You should definitely check that out.
2: I am <laughs> – amazed every day at how out of touch so many people are with reality yeah it's awesome and and when when jerry jones says something like that at least i'm not frightened by it yeah the way other people scare me every day but wow like what how does he does he do a lot of drugs like what does what how how does he even think that's possible well um
1: part of it was about i mean elite running backs is one part right uh they had a quarterback you know that that they were drafted the same year and boy you know we were just we were even more impressed with Dak a couple of years ago than you know when Goff came here it is here's the quotes when Goff came in they brought him along at a little slower pace than Dak but I know that we've been just as proud as Dak as those Ram fans are of their quarterback we've had the feeling just like they have um let's see
2: what else
1: did he mention Tavon Austin Yes. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Like that that's it. The Rams the Rams gave up their best piece. They let him go. Like that's that's wow. Yes. You Come say, on. well, we might not have the established receiver that they have.
1: Well, last year they had Austin and we got Austin this year. They made the trade with us. We got it. So, when I look at what we might be able to do and I put my finger on personnel and then move up with what we know we want to do with our personnel, I don't think it's a reach to think that maybe we can approach that kind of productivity. Drawing the Tavon <sighs>
2: Austin parallel is is Jerry Jones just Mr. Burns incarnated? <laughs> like, who's a better villain, Jerry Jones or Mr. Burns? Ooh,
1: they're both good. They're different, but they're good. They're both good villains. I gotta think about that.
2: They'd be friends for sure. Like, as as much as any people like those two guys can be friends with anybody, those guys would be friends. Yes,
1: I, I think you're probably right. That's great stuff. Jerry wouldn't care about the three eyed fish swimming down the river, right? Not a bit. That would,
2: that would not bother him at all.
1: No, I don't think it would. <laughs> all right. Folks, let's talk about the new daily fantasy site, Fanball, for a second. The number one issue I hear from people who try DFS is that it's almost impossible to win for the casual player. Too many sharks with 150 lineups, and you basically have no shot if you want to play a lineup or two for fun. That's where Fanball comes in. If the name rings a bell, it's the same folks behind the season-long site from back in the day. Paul Charchian, who also happens to be the president of the Fantasy Sports Trade Association, has brought back the fanball name, but this time as a DFS site, and he's looking to level the playing field by enforcing low entry limits. Check it out the lobby right now. The most lineups anyone can have in a contest is 10 and that is a huge difference plus they have snake drafts which are a lot of fun and i'm told auctions are coming very soon as well head over to fanball.com slash rotowire sign up make a deposit of at least ten dollars we will give you a six month membership to rotowire again that's fanball.com slash rotowire all right plug and plays guy I mentioned not Tavon austin i'm not gonna mention table i actually thought about including him in this but i'm not gonna um eli manning 29 percent against the saints the way the saints have been playing if you need a quarterback if you if you're Camless this week or Alex Smithless as the case may be.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think what other scenarios would be there in season long where I would be turning to Eli. Like what other realistic matchups do I not feel all that good about? I mean, I like Andy Dalton going up against the Falcons, so if you did the cheap thing and had Dalton and Eli, you'd probably play Dalton this week. Rivers and the Chargers are gonna put up a lot of points, even though they're big favorites. I'd play Rivers over him. Uh Stafford going up against Dallas. Maybe that's that's an interesting one. Stafford or Eli, if you're choosing between those two this week, who would you play? I would pick...
1: I'm just going to check my ranking so I don't forget. I have Eli 16th, Stafford 10th. So there you go. Hmm. I don't have uh, a lot yeah. of Eli faith. I could be. I, I know that one could be wrong, but I don't have a lot of Eli faith.
2: Are you playing Eli over Ryan Fitzpatrick if you, if you were just going total like waiver wire flavor of the week at Uh, quarterback and and happen to be in a league where you know Eli's on the waiver wire but Fitzpatrick's been your guy I
1: I almost slip a coin on that one but I think I play Eli
2: okay
1: because I think Fitz is in an awful spot
2: yeah it's it's the Bears are going to bring a lot of pressure and I just don't know if they're going to handle that all that well and then there's always the if Fitzpatrick's horrible enough for a half does Jameis get some chances I think it's I don't think they're going to pull the plug mid-game, but they could. Um, Okay, one more. Andrew Luck, who's throwing it like six yards downfield max at a time. Mm -hmm. Or Eli. I'm playing Eli. Okay, so yeah, middle of the pack. Uh, I I wonder if the listeners out there, if your choice was Eli or Baker Mayfield this week. Like Someone tweeted at us during the XM show. They said they were going up against somebody who sat Jared Goff this week. To play Baker Mayfield. <laughs> like, I mean, of all the different things that could have happened to you last night, like, most likely you had someone going, and someone you're playing against might have had someone going, and it kind of washes out because everybody had good games for the most part. Or you're mad that Delvin Cook didn't play well. But seeing somebody not play Jared Goff, that has to make you just feel like you're very lucky. Like, oh, wow, I really dodged a a, a loss this week because Goff put up, like, 40-plus points in pretty much every format.
1: I I. I actually scrolled through my Twitter mentions late in the game to see if I told anyone to bench golf, and I didn't. <laughs> I told one guy to play golf in a close right. call. I told him to play golf because I, I felt. I'm looking. I'm going. I think I told one of my, one of the people who gets me every week. I I had this feeling that I told someone to sit golf, and I started feeling guilty. So I looked for it, and I didn't. I told him to play. I said, "You know, it's really close, but you should play it."
2: I think somebody asked me like in the evening, like an hour before kickoff, and I didn't see it about Goff, and I, I can't remember who the alternative was, but I'm, I'm most glad the timing worked out in a way where I couldn't screw that up for them. Yeah. Um, anybody else?
1: So what about, so we, we've talked a lot about how the Chiefs just play shootouts, and the over-unders are really high. What about Case Keenum? 26% owned. Can't be in a better spot, right?
2: Yep, that's nice. Gets him at home, too. That's a bad defense. He's got good, healthy receivers right now. Absolutely. I like Case Keenum quite a bit. Um, Jeff's got him ahead of Carson Wentz in the value meter, which I actually agree with. I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, Tannehill playing well. Not a guy I'd play over Case Keenum either. Uh, Keenum's probably, yeah, not far behind like a Dalton. Would you play Case Keenum over Russell Wilson? That's one on the value meter I'm looking at right now. Wilson's at 10. Keenum's at 13. Seattle's offense is kind of weird. Going on the road. Arizona's not very good, so... If you don't want to play Russell Wilson against Arizona, then you might have some serious issues to address with Russell Wilson. But Keenum against Kansas City could put up some pretty impressive numbers. All
1: right, I have Wilson ahead of him. I have Keenum 17th, the quarterback, which is about as high as he's going to get for me.
2: All right, year. so Keenum, Kerry, Keenum, or Keenum over Fits. Keenum over for me. How about Keenum versus Eli? I. I it's a coin flip. That's, really, that's where really that's where close. you're drawing the line. Yeah. I trust Case Keenum more as a player than Eli Manning right now. The, the matchups are almost evenly good. They're both at home against pretty porous pass defenses, but I actually trust Case Keenum to not just like be horrible than Eli. Like Eli could take a layup and find a way to miss it. The offensive line's not very good. He's not very good. You know, it's just it, it's weird because you shouldn't a matchup at home against the Saints defense right now at all yep
1: by the way the rotowire uh projections have Eli's QB 11 for the week
2: yeah I mean that says that's, a lot about that's, how that's, bad the Saints pass defense that's
1: that's less bump that's less pumping up Eli right there
2: and and the formulas, which are, are even more heartless than Liss.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, Liss, does, Liss, actually, if there's players, Liss is not going to pump up. It's Eli Manning, much as he likes the Giants. Um, speaking of bad defenses, what about Flacco? Flacco's 24% now, oh, and he's playing against the Steelers. <laughs> they stink. Uh, They're terrible.
2: They, yeah, they've been falling into some shootouts. Uh, I don't have any issue with Flacco. I, I think the Flacco-Eli Keenum blob is you know, two are going to be great. One's going to disappoint you. And I, I can't tell you which one I think is most likely to disappoint. I think it's Eli, but man, those, those guys are all in good spots this week.
1: Yep. Uh, other ones uh Tannehill, 22% I don't like. I, I'm going to bring up Josh Allen again for the Blake Bortles Jr. running uh, ability in case you're really, you know, those other guys aren't available and you're really desperate. I, I, it, I wouldn't hate. I mean, look, like I said, if those other guys weren't there, you're, Digging into the dregs, I wouldn't hate if you picked, put it this way. I have Josh Allen ahead of, I have him ahead of Baker Mayfield this week. How about that?
2: I disagree with you, but, know. Um, you know, that's 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 fine. Uh, how about uh, how about Mitcha Palooza? Would you rather play Mitch Trubisky, Josh Allen, or C.J. Bethard this week? I would play Trubisky, then Allen, then C.J. Bethard. All right. That's the value meter order on those guys yeah. as well. Bucks defense bad Packer's defense with no Kevin King if he's out which I haven't looked to see yet bad uh, but the bills personnel around Josh Allen is horrific I mean yes. come on like that I, I know that's a huge limiting factor and Sean McDermott I think was actually a pretty good hire at the time and and maybe people are forgetting that because of other dumb stuff the bills have done almost every day since they hired him so that that kind of like gives you a little bit of hope but I I do not like that supporting cast for Josh Allen at all. Maybe my mind will be changed after what I see Sunday, but I am still very pessimistic about that team.
1: Sure. Yeah, I am too. I think, and your, your value in Josh Allen, basically if you roll those dice, and again, I have him at QB 25, so I'm not saying run out and get Josh Allen. I just have him ahead of a handful of guys I just hate even more, but your value in Josh Allen is if he runs for one, which I think is something more likely than most quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, I think Beathard brings a similar amount of rushing ability to the table, too, so I look at those two guys, and my my lean would be Beathard because, one, the Chargers should put up a ton of points, and then the game script's favorable. Two, he's got that extra year of experience in the Shanahan offense with a better supporting cast. Mark Keeks Goodwin can can blow up plays over the top. George Kittle, yeah, his value's down with Garoppolo gone, but that's still a good tight end to have at your disposal if you're a young quarterback. So I just think that setup is a little better for Beathard than what Allen's currently dealing with in Buffalo. All
1: right, and we are not going to talk about the Beathard-Kittle college stuff other than what I just did. Um, running backs. The running back pool is just terrible this way. If you're stuck Sunday morning, if, Fournette's out, you can't, if Fournette drops out and you can't get yelled at and you're stuck and you're playing on Fournette, for instance, there's just nothing there. LeGarrette Blunt is not a bad one because yeah, the, the
2: desperation going to get maybe eight to 10 carries at well, least could score like those kinds of things. Last week he had 16 carries, right? Yeah, they, they split evenly and everyone loves carry on Johnson right yes. now. I, I think unless the usage pattern, unless you're projecting the usage split to be different, it kind of makes sense to fade carry on Johnson in DFS because he's cheap and there aren't as many cheap backs this week as there have been in past weeks. Season long, I think you're using carry on Johnson. But DFS and tournaments, especially, I think I'd try to allocate those resources elsewhere. All right. Um,
1: otherwise, I mean, uh, Ty Montgomery's eighteen percent owned. He'll catch some passes, probably. There's no one. I mean, it's just it's pitiful. So hopefully, you have a running back, folks. If if uh, right now, Ty Montgomery and Garrett Blunt might be the only ones that you can realistically get that are going to get eight touches that are available in a lot of leagues. Why receiver? What the?
2: Well, what's yeah. one, more, one more? What's what's James White's ownership rate looking like right now? Oh
1: no, you can't get him.
2: I mean, oh, is it like eighty percent owned or I, more? I think so. I'm going to find out right now. Um, I know I never look at that column. Like when I'm making my moves, I just kind of ignore it completely. I'm I mean, just, in some leagues that it just there's no there's no one highly owned available in those leagues, so they don't pop up unless 70%. they're owned. Yeah. So okay. So yeah. Does does his small league appeal? increase for you with Burt had an IR like Sony yeah. Michelle is going to be good I see if I'm looking at Sony Michelle versus carry-on Johnson in DFS this week I had to pick one I actually like Michelle better than carry-on Johnson um I
1: think I probably agree with you because of the touchdown potential but but Michelle right White's path to to really nice value is is very easy to see I I, I don't think there's any way that they're gonna in two weeks say Oh, you know, Michelle's not cutting it. So James White's going to get the ball twenty-five times a game. I don't think that's going to happen. But if Michelle doesn't start playing well, and even if he does, I, I think White is just going to get the ball. Out. I, I think White's floor of touches has gone up. I think you're going to see him getting the ball twelve times a game, somehow. Now, and I think that's really that's really cool because he he's going to he's on a team with with what should. Resume being a good offense. He's going to catch the ball five times or so, and I think he's going to he's going to get enough work out of the backfield that he's
2: going to score some touchdowns. Do you feel like the panic about the Patriots' offense is deserved, or do you think it's really just a back-to-back scenario where the Jags' defense, excuse me, played really well early in that game, and then Patriots moved the ball against them in the second half to make it a little more interesting. Last week on Sunday night they just didn't have the ball. The Lions just owned them in time of possession and and that really just cut down on their chances to to do damage. Like I I I think I think they kind of got bad in week 3 and they faced one of the league's best defenses on the road in in week 2. Like that that can happen. That can happen to anybody. You can you can have a a tough matchup and a bad luck sort of week back to back. That's that's not really that unusual.
1: I agree and and this is a team that's getting Josh Gordon soon and Julian Edelman next week. So I think they're fine. I they're you know what's gonna you know the thing is, as an offense, very soon, as long as nothing goofy goes on with Josh like Josh Gordon, which it might, they're not gonna be able to just bracket Gronk anymore. And that's gonna change a lot, a lot of things for them. So no, I'm not panicking. And with the Patriots, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely at the point where Sometimes I throw logic out the window a little with them and say, I, I'm, you know what? I'm not believing that this offense is in big trouble until I really see it for a while. I've been down yeah. this road
2: before. It takes, it takes more than two duds for me to to start questioning the Patriots. For some people, though, I, I think it's almost because so many people want it to happen. Right. Like, if you're not a Patriots fan, you want nothing more than rapid implosion. You want Tom Brady meltdowns. You want Gronk on Instagram like partying too much, like you want all of that stuff to happen if you're not a fan of this team. But just because you want that to happen doesn't mean it's going to happen. It probably won't because they're the Patriots. The Belichick is one of the best coaches of all time. He's going to find a way to make it work and those personnel changes that you mentioned. Edelman coming back next week, Gordon maybe being out there this week or in the near future completely changes the way teams are going to defend the pass against the Patriots. Yep. Absolutely.
1: Um, Wide receiver? Uh, I don't know if we talked about this yesterday. Are you buying
2: the Josh Rosen, Christian Kirk thing? A little bit. uh, Matt, I caught him in a deep league. It was an NFFC style league, but with Kirk, uh, I want to, I want to be careful about using him in season long because this is still an offense that hasn't figured out that if they're going to have any chance of winning some games, David Johnson must touch the ball 25 times. Like, that's, that's so obvious. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand how you could fail at that as an NFL offensive coordinator. Like, as anyone who's ever watched football before, like, if you put anyone in that role, David Johnson would get 25 touches. I don't uh, know why they can't I, do
1: it. I know. I agree. I mean, they, they need to scheme him to get the ball because I mean, he's too good. I don't understand it either. Um, Willie Snee another one. That jumped out to me. I don't love him, but if I was in a pinch, I think I might go to... His numbers have actually, especially for PPR the last few weeks, Willie Sneed, game log real quick. I mean, He's got 12 catches already. You know, I, if, if you're in a pinch, you know, we talked about... I don't know if it was you and I talking about Cole Beasley, but similar. That this probably, you know, if you need a guy, if, you're, if, if someone's out, like if Golden Tate's a late scratch... You go, all right, you know, at least he'll catch four passes for 40 yards. I mean, if I got to, I'll give it a try. And Pittsburgh's defense is bad, like we said. So maybe he gets a touchdown. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's in play is what I'm trying to say.
2: Yeah, I like him as kind of like a GPP dart as well. I mean, he can he can score from distance. A little more of a slot receiver. But 6-8-5 for the targets uh, last week was the, the season low five. With this game projected to be such a high-scoring game, I think you could see him getting back up closer to seven or eight targets this week. If he catches five of them, gets you 60 yards, finds the end zone, he absolutely makes value at a low DFS price, and uh, it picks up and, and plays pretty nicely in like a 12 or a 14-team league where you're starting three receivers. Yep. Okay.
1: Tight ends, anybody jump out at you that's very
2: low-owned? Tight end is a nightmare right now. Yep. Uh, Ebron probably jumped a lot when Doyle was out last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Eifert, I think, might still be a little bit low-owned, right? So I, I I like I like his setup. I mean, I mean that's— yeah, it's not as low as you. Hold on, forty on percent only. I oh,
1: know it's over, 60, over forty.
2: Sixty three. Wow. All right, tight ends bad. So anything that looks good gets a look. What's Hooper at right now? Like thirty. I think Hooper's in in play for you. Hang on, Hooper's thirty six. Yeah, you'll, you'll feel okay about playing Austin Hooper in, yep. in this matchup. Would you rather play Austin Hooper against the Bengals or Red Ellison? against the Saints. I would play Austin Hooper. Red Ellison's still a blocker. I don't care if he got three passes last week. Yeah. I, I, I want people to realize, like, Evan Ingram's not really a tight end. So if right. Red Ellison's on the field in his place, he's not going to do all the same things that Evan Ingram can do. Totally true.
1: Um, I, I still, I, I still don't want to give up. And, and look, I, I almost wish I had this guy in deeper leagues. Because I would, I would feel better about holding on to him. Because you can't in a shallow league. Ricky Seals-Jones. I can't understand yeah. how this guy, who's only there to catch passes, he's not there to be Brett Ellison, for instance. You know, he's one of the he's one of the ex basketball player tight ends. We've talked about this, and and he's not they're not throwing he's on the field constantly, and they're not throwing him the ball. I mean, the first two weeks he got six targets each. Maybe Rosen, maybe things will be different. You know, the I mean, this is kind of a narrative of the the rookie quarterback depending on his tight end. Maybe I just made it up. I don't know, but. I feel I look at this guy and go there there's reason to, there's there's something there 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 has to be it makes no sense to me that there's not something there right now with the amount of playing time he gets and the skill set he has
2: yeah no I'm 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 with you I think Ricky Seals Jones in those deeper leagues maybe where you're starting two tight ends if he gets cut he'd be someone you scoop up uh, 14 team leagues one tight end might get cut in a place like that definitely want to think about it the other player that I, I think is, is kind of interesting he scored last week uh, Dallas Goddard I mean like there's enough to go around. They're still pretty banged up at wide receiver. We'll see what they get out of Elshon Jeffrey. But if you think the Eagles offense is going to fly this week, put up 25, 28 points against the Titans, Godert probably gets you a little more than some of the other bottom end guys. Uh, one other name I think is kind of interesting. It, it, it hasn't done a lot yet. More of a wait and see. John U. Smith should be taking over the Delaney Walker role. I mean, They released yeah. Rashard Matthews, so that changes the complexion of the group of pass catchers a bit. But Johnu Smith is a a really athletic tight end. Like, that should work regardless of whether it's Mariota or Gabbert in these next few weeks. It should be mostly Mariota again. If Mariota can't throw as well downfield because of his elbow, short intermediate passes could be kind of a a big part of the offense. Johnu Smith should start trending up here in the near future.
1: And Jonu Smith, last two games, 59 and 57 snaps was on the field for. So... He is taking over the playing time. He's just not getting the looks.
2: Yeah, he's got a shot. He's got a shot to start picking up some value.
1: All right, folks. Kalo is the functional wedding ring. Kalo is the name in silicone wedding rings. Kalo rings are designed to ensure your hands are safe and comfortable in the workplace, the gym, the outdoors, and everywhere in between. Unlike traditional metal wedding rings, Kalo rings allow you to keep your ring on in times where a traditional metal wedding ring would need to be removed. Kalo rings allow people to live their lives safely and comfortably while still representing their commitment to their spouse and family. Kalo has created a special code for our listeners. Use code ROTOWIRE at checkout to get 20% off your order. Kalo Kalo is the choice of firefighters, military, law enforcement, carpenters, electricians, and mechanics for everyday wear. Available in 18 different sizes and over 50 colors, Kalo is the preferred ring of pro athletes. NFL players, Kirk Cousins, Andy Dalton, Jordy Nelson, and Derek Carr. NBA MVPs, Steph Curry and LeBron James, and Major League Baseball All-Stars, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, and Chris Bryant, who uh, Derek is trying to, you know, get stick pins in or put a banana peel in front of him or something. All trust Kalo on and off the field. So visit Kalo.com and don't forget to use code RotoWire at checkout for twenty percent off your order. Again, that's Kalo.com, Q A L O. Sorry, Q A L O. Kalo.com. DFS time. What do you got? I'm looking at the value meter. I'm gonna, let's, let's just start with the value meter because I love that one. It's really helpful. We have
2: it's got nice. It. It's a nice tool.
1: I love it. Oh, no, I just got off the page. No, don't go anywhere. All right, so let's go FanDuel first. And we talked last week about how fan, the salary differences between FanDuel and DraftKings is that the value meter is going to be chalky at the top. So you've got top values. Deshaun Watson is top of the list at quarterback of FanDuel, so they like him. The the, the the value meter likes him against the Colts. That's seventy six hundred on FanDuel.
2: Yeah, so dollar per point. I think that does make a lot of sense. Uh, I, I kind of used the same approach and came to the same conclusion. He, you could probably play him in cash games. I like him more in, in tournaments, and I think the the number one GPP stack for me this week, with so much of the attention going to. Saints Giants and and Bengals Falcons Uh, I think Deshaun Watson paired with DeAndre Hopkins is my number one QB wide receiver combination for DFS this week okay um so yeah so you're off the willful because because
1: you think Hopkins is the bloom is off the rose on Hopkins for people and they're you know the recency bias is uh, stay away something's wrong
2: yeah, like I, I keep calling it kind of like another Pittsburgh scenario where Fuller's kind of like the Juju Smith-Schuster and, and Hopkins is a little bit more like their Antonio Bryant. They're both going to be fine. I, I just think little fluctuations in ownership and price make that appealing. And I know I brought up the Colts defense earlier as kind of a, a sneaky sort of stream, but I, I think Watson Watson can like prop up a fantasy defense, make some mistakes, and then have to like rally back because of it. It's not an impossible yeah. outcome for, for both of those things to be true. Uh, but, yeah, 6300 on DraftKings, too. So the dollar-for-dollar dollar best value on FanDuel, uh, probably like a top-six value. And when you chip, you chip away at some of the guys that play, uh, not on the main slate, Watson ticks up even further on DraftKings as well.
1: All right. Um, otherwise, on FanDuel, I mean, Keenum's up there. but That's if you're playing a slate that includes Monday. And Andrew Luck is up there. It's funny how, if you take away Monday, Watson and Luck are the top
2: two on the value meter for FanDuel on the war. Right do I'm, you sorry. do you trust Luck outside of cash games when he's not taking as many shots downfield? Like I, I trust him to move the ball and not make a lot of mistakes and everything, but he's just feeling more like a safe play than a high ceiling play right now.
1: And I I don't even know that I don't even know that I call him safe. Is he safe?
2: Seems pretty safe.
1: I don't know. I mean I'm just looking at the stat. I mean the last two weeks, yeah, he was on the road. The last two weeks he was under two hundred yards, but so he's got five touchdowns already. I don't know. I'm I'm not and he's not running as much as he used to, so I don't know. Um, running back, we've got. No, I'm on the wrong thing. Back to the FanDuel value meter. Ah, oh, yeah, Kamara. Geo. Geo makes sense. He's 6,400 compared to Kamara's 9,100, and he's in a good. Gio's in a good matchup at Atlanta, with some injuries yeah. on their defense. I, that's. A, it's a really. Gio's an obvious cash game pick.
2: He, he's definitely a cash game play. In tournaments, I think you can do it. You just have to make sure you get some separation from the pack with a few other unique twists. Maybe it's your, your third receiver or something. You go a little off the board to a lower volume, high-risk, high-reward piece. That's kind of the key to balancing out a Gio Bernard lineup. Uh, there aren't as many smart, obvious bargains this week, so he jumps off the page. Atlanta's giving up more than five yards per carry on the ground. They've got a ton of injuries on that side of the ball. Close game, high over-under. Everything you're looking for, Gio Bernard absolutely should be in lineups. Uh, David Johnson comes out on DraftKings as the best value at running back. Do you trust the Cardinals with a Josh Rosen game plan to commit to 20 to 25 touches for David Johnson? Because I actually kind of do. I, I I don't. I don't. This is this is the last straw. This is it. Like this is. I mean, Trust.
1: Um, trust, trust is a tough word. I, I Where guess are you I'm, seeing I'm, I'm, wait, I'm looking at the DraftKings value meter. I, I don't see. I don't see David Johnson here. I see him at about. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking at it. I'm sorting it differently than you are.
2: Well, I, I've I've got a slightly different sheet going, but um, it's also possible that the projections I pulled earlier in the week have been All modified right. because of Arizona's stupidity. It, it's trust is the wrong word, but I, I'm willing. I'm willing to guess that they wise up here because, it, like, if they don't get it after four games. They're just not going to get it at all. It you, know, you have a rookie quarterback out there. Like, even the, the silliest NFL coaches should know if you have a young quarterback, a rookie quarterback making his first start, you want to take as much pressure off him as possible. David Johnson is the best way to do that. You can hand the ball off to him a lot. you can throw some screens to him. Do that. Like they, they have to do that here, right? I, I, get, I mean, I think. but trust
1: in a cash game, no way. No you way. don't trust him in
2: cash, okay? I, no. I definitely like him in GPPs, but I I wasn't really afraid of him in cash games either.
1: Nah, I don't trust I don't trust them on bit because I don't I don't know what they're going to do with him.
2: Man, that price is That's low sixty six hundred on DraftKings, right?
1: To Alvin Kamara's ninety six hundred.
2: Yeah, go figure. I mean,
1: David Johnson would wind up there.
2: It's weird that David Johnson sort of helps you get Alvin Kamara.
1: <laughs> um, speaking of DraftKings, so Gio is the top value in DraftKings running backs. Kamara, Sony Michelle is next. A lot of a lot of touchdown projection there. Sony Michelle had only forty five hundred on DraftKings. So that that's a nice okay. So tell me why I'm maybe I'm missing something. I know Marshawn Lynch is listed as questionable, but that supposedly was because of a vet day on Wednesday. Jalen Richard, are we back on this now with the pass catching? Mm,
2: I can't. Man, do that. I mean, if you that he's a game script guy. I don't I don't yeah. think it's gonna get to that point. So <sighs> Marshawn Lynch is just one of those players he never ends up in my DFS lineup that, that that's got more to do with the volume of lineups I play being pretty low relative to a lot of people so that's that's probably I look at I look at Lynch and Lamar Miller at similar prices every week and I always go to Miller because I trust Houston's offense a little more than I trust Oakland's offense if I'm going to that level the other tricky one you mentioned Sony Michel you got that and carry on Johnson. I said before, I, if I'm playing one, I'm playing Michelle instead of Johnson because of the split that Johnson has with Blunt. Chris Carson going up against the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. They've given up five rushing TDs already. The volume overwhelmingly went to Carson instead of Rashad Penny last week. 4600 on DraftKings, 6400 on FanDuel. It's kind of in that same price range as as Sonny Michelle and carry on Johnson uh, on DraftKings especially. Carson's more expensive on FanDuel. But if you're looking at those guys compared to each other, who do you like the most? Does Carson come out ahead of either of those guys? No. Because I wonder if the car
1: I think the Cardinals play a competitive game in this game and the, the, the game script goes a little differently. Okay. I I don't think Carson gets you know, if he gets more than twenty,
2: it's a lot. So. All right. I, that's that's reasonable. I mean I just I I keep looking at Carson as a possible blind spot for me, but um, okay. I, I'm not using him this week. Full, full disclosure, he's not in my lineups. Gotcha.
1: All right, so uh, the value meter on FanDuel is no help. The top three are Antonio uh, Brown, Odell Beckham, and Michael Thomas. But on DraftKings, you mentioned this before. The top value here, the player on that team that you mentioned, that there are no weapons,
2: Kelvin Benjamin. 3600
1: yeah, as the top wide receiver value because he's the only game in town for Josh Allen.
2: He should be useful. <laughs> I mean, it's like the trust word kind of comes back into play. Uh, it's like, do you trust Kelvin Benjamin? I do not. Yeah, I, I understand why you wouldn't. Um, I, I think there's there's some smarter value plays. I mean, Mike Mike Williams, if Keenan Allen's compromised at all. Mike Williams gets a little more work, even if Allen's out there. Williams is very cheap. He's 4500 so yeah, it costs more than Benjamin, but the offense's floor is a lot higher. The Chargers are among the highest-scoring teams based on the implied totals this week. Would you rather throw the dart in a tournament on Robbie Anderson, who's been one of the biggest disappointments of the season at 3600 on DraftKings, or Kelvin Benjamin at the same price on DraftKings? I would do it for Kelvin Benjamin because of the opponent. Okay, I mean, yeah, Packers are allowing a one hundred three point one QB rating to opposing passers, six TDs, only two picks, almost eight yards per attempt. So that's that's a soft landing spot for Josh Allen this week. Yep, that's true. Uh, it could happen. I don't trust yet. Yeah, that's a but
1: it's it's weird Kelvin Benjamin because I, you don't trust him enough for cash and as a GPP you're like come on really. how how high you know what's that going to get me it's not like he's going to score three touchdowns and get 130 yards like there's no
2: there's no possibility that that could happen i might cry if that happens if i if i go to a game and the bills win and it's because kelvin benjamin went six for 130 and three tds i might actually weep in the stands
1: all right um tight ends you don't know you know who else is on this list by the way DraftKings. i don't know that i
2: agree with it muhammad sanu so um, uh game setup is good everyone's on ridley i don't know gpp dart i think you could see that as a play i don't hate it i don't think i'm in a position to say i'm doing it myself i understand why it comes up right so uh tight tight end wise
1: the the guy who's the common top three on both fan king uh fan kings (laughs) Duel and draft kings
2: hey they were gonna merge so you know it it could have been fan kings that's a weird name. They absolutely should not have called themselves that.
1: <laughs> Eric Ebron is the common thread among the top three in value on both uh, on a R- RotoWire wire draft optimizer for both FanDuel and DraftKings. Um,
2: and, I, and I love it because with Lux limitations, short and intermediate passes, throwing to the big target makes a lot of sense. Their running backs aren't necessarily that involved as pass catchers. You know, Hilton can do a lot after the catch too. So people might be souring on T.Y. Hilton more than they should relative to His speed, like if if he weren't good after the catch, then fine, I'd get it. But he can be great after the catch, and if they just find some way to make someone miss on a screen, like there's still some tournament appeal with Ty Hilton, even with Andrew Luck's limitations. But I do think Eric Ebron is one of the cheaper tight ends that you can actually play in a cash game lineup.
1: Yes, he's he's thirty six hundred on DraftKings last week look i i know he was a great everyone thought he was a great cast game play last week too and he kind of disappointed a little bit but i know he was 5 for 33 11 targets with Doyle out and Doyle's out again and now they're home against the Texans instead of at Philly so i i i i i almost want to say don't overthink it and and play Ebron in in cash it's a it's a pretty he's a pretty safe bet to to go you know 6 for 6 for 60 or something, I mean, and at that price, you, I mean that that's fine for cash. It's, it works.
2: Yeah, he really absorbed the targets that uh, ordinarily are split between himself and uh, and in yeah. Jack Doyle. So I I do like that setup for Ebron.
1: All right, what else you got going on? You're, uh, you you got to rest yourself. You've been talking all day.
2: Yeah, I will probably talk a lot about life with uh, my wife when I get home because you know we don't have kids yet, so we, we talk about what that was going to be like instead of talking about more interesting things. Mm-hmm. That's that's how you get by at my age. <laughs> that's how you pass your time. No, I'll <laughs> play with the dog and, and do stuff like that tonight and, and kick back and get ready for the the big Lambo trip on Sunday. That's so all. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that game. Uh, I haven't checked the weather again for that one. Rain's been in and out of the forecast and... You know, hopefully it holds off at least until after game time.
1: I hope so. That would that would kind of you know I mean you're used to it up there. with going to Lambo after September. Well, it's still is September on Sunday, so that's good.
2: Yeah, we're sitting at like a forty plus percent chance all day Sunday right now. So five degrees and rain. Yeah, oh. that is not that is not a good. That, if you want to be sick for a week, yeah, you know, you know forty five and rainy is worse. I, I know that, but that's. That's not a good game script for coming to work on Monday with anything resembling a voice that can do a podcast or radio show or anything. Exactly. All right, we'll have fun. All right. Should be great. Hi, you're cool.
1: celebrating uh your your wife's birthday, right? Yes. Um my son's playing baseball tomorrow and then we're making I'm making dinner for her birthday tomorrow. What are you making? Spaghetti. I like to cook, by the way. Um spaghetti cacio e pepe, which okay. is basically it's Tons of pecorino romano cheese, a mm-hmm. little bit of heavy cream, and lots of black pepper. I was and gonna, gonna say pepper.
2: It. Yeah, pepper is gonna have to be the the key there.
1: Yeah, so it's all. It's it's three. You know, it's it's probably two tablespoons to two teaspoons of black pepper. So it's a very peppery thing, but it's really good. So it comes out as a white sauce. It comes out as a white sauce, but but
2: you can see the pepper in it. You see the black specks everywhere. So I think I've had that dish at a real Italian place. Not you know not like a o word garden um or a place like that but um not that there's nothing wrong with saying olive i just didn't want to put it together and give them free advertising
0: <laughs> i think it's I,
2: okay i just don't agree with with anything about that place like 20 years ago it was cool but i don't know what's going on over there now but yeah no that, that's great that sounds uh sounds like a great meal so yeah. i hope you guys have a great weekend
1: should be a good time thanks man you too have a great time at Lambo. all right folks See, we thought this was going to be a short one today with the general topics, and we're at an hour. Look at that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's how it goes. Anytime you think you're going to cruise through in like 45 minutes, you run over an hour.
1: All right, well, folks, listeners can get a free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed for that, so check out. It'll help you check out nearly all the features on the site, including the DFS optimizers. Take a look now, rotowire.com slash pod. If you like the podcast, leave us a review and a rating. We always like that. Uh, we thank you for it. And thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. Derek and I will be back on Monday to review the weekend, so please come on back then. For Derek Van Riper, I'm John Halpin. Good luck in week four.